right, what is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. What's happening out there? How we doing on a Wednesday? Today is... What's today? 29th? I want to say 29th. Welcome into the podcast. On today's show, we'll continue what we started to talk about yesterday, betting numbers, not teams. A lot of people fall into the habit of betting the good team, betting their favorite team, betting the team that they think will win, and not being sensitive to the price. I've talked to people. I do another podcast. It's called College Football Tailgate. I highly recommend you listen if you're a college football fan. But it's funny, you know, a couple of the the people with me on that show, they will say often, they will say things like, you know, well, yeah, I like the favorite. Of course, I like a minus three. Yeah, I think they should be a bigger favorite. And I'll say, okay, what would you take them up to? And they'll say, I don't know, I'd take them up to seven. <laughs> you know, like, oh, oh, really? That's like a like a 30% jump. Okay, we'll take them up to all the way up to seven. So I think a lot of people approach sports like that. They'll take the favorite, they'll take the Laker, or, you know, maybe not the Lakers, but they'll take the 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 Milwaukee Bucks against a, a really bad team. Will you take a minus three? Yeah. Would you take a minus four? Yeah. Five? Yeah. Six? Well, probably, yeah. It's like, there's a reason. These prices are so, you know, every half point matters. So when you get in the habit of betting teams and not what the price of those teams is, you're going to lose money eventually. So we talked about that on yesterday's show. If you missed it, go back and listen. Today, we're going to continue that idea. But in terms of betting the numbers, when is it a good bet? Okay, Because it's one thing to say, bet the numbers. When it's a valuable bet, make that bet. Don't bet the teams. But at what point is it okay to actually go forward and execute a buy based on value? So we'll talk about that on today's show. Special thanks to Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy, it's so much fun. If you've ever played DFS or Daily Fantasy Sports, Thrive Fantasy offers DFS-style games with player props. So you build a lineup with player props. Sign up. They've got a lot of contests going on for baseball season. It's so much fun. You can make some money. Thrive Fantasy. Promo code SBD for a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's right. Promo code SBD. It helps us out. It helps you out. Get that deposit bonus. It's awesome to double your money when you sign up. So that's Thrive Fantasy promo code SBD. All right, let's get to it. Betting numbers, not teams. As I said, we kind of went over some of this on yesterday's show. So go back and listen to a Tuesday's pod if you already didn't. But the question is, when are numbers bettable? But And I get this all the time, right? How much value do I need in order to make a buy or to, to, to make a bet? And the answer is that actually varies for everyone. It varies for me within sport to sport. Okay. When I bet the NHL or the Premier League, I mean, I'll make bets where I have a perceived half of a percent edge. I mean, think about that a 0.5% edge. I think the line should be minus 115 and it's minus 120 or 125. (laughs) You know, like I'll make that bet. Well, that's because in hockey and soccer, I I mean, I will put my numbers up in those sports and the NHL and Premier League. I'll put those up against anybody who wants to bet against me. I trust those numbers. They're the strongest, I think, you know, that I have access to. And and I, I mean, I beat the number. I beat the market with those numbers. That's enough said, right? I will use those numbers against anyone. I'm very confident in my exact pricing for the NHL and the Premier League. Well, it's not the same in maybe tennis, right? Wimbledon starts, uh, started a few days ago, and I bet a lot of tennis. I love betting tennis. I'm pretty good at it. But what helps me win tennis bets at roughly the same clip, you know, same ROI I'm winning my other bets, is I only make bets where I have a perceived margin of error that's a lot bigger, 
Okay. And so, well, a margin of error that's bigger and a perceived edge that's also a lot bigger. So if I think I have a 0.5% edge in the NHL or Premier League, I'll make that bet. For tennis, I may need to see a 2% edge, okay? Because what that does is that protects me in case I made any any mistakes in my handicapping with about a 1.5% barrier for my margin of error, right? I, I don't think there's much error that I make handicap in an NHL game. Maybe I do. I mean, obviously, I'll make it, you know, probably small errors occasionally, but over the course of a season, my numbers are strong. I can't say the same for tennis. Okay, so what I do is I have a built-in little protection thing that says if I have any tennis match where I have a 0.5% edge, I don't make that bet because I could be making a little mistake here or there that's going to get me. Well, if I have a 2% edge, yeah, I may be, you know, making 1.5% of an error, which is a pretty hefty error. It's pretty substantial. But even if that's the case, I still have a good bet because I'm using that margin of error, okay? Same thing with college hockey. College hockey is even higher, maybe 3%. So you need to have your idea of where your value barrier is in order to make bets. And what I would recommend for everyone listening, whether you've been doing this for five days or five years, I recommend everyone go with a rough a rough about 5% edge, okay? And you may be saying, well, Tyler, you're working with a 0.5% edge and a 2% edge. Why is it 5% for us? And the answer is simple. I would recommend if I'm going to advise people to make bets and advise you to spend your own money on these things, I think a 5% margin of error is very, very healthy for anyone getting going with this. Now, I'm making a couple assumptions about you. I'm making the assumption that you're going to do your homework, that you're going to use hopefully some math. And if you're not going to use math, you're going to use a consensus of what's publicly available. Okay. An example of this is if you're going to bet the NFL and you don't have a good statistical model to go off of or any kind of math to use, that's fine. Just go to get a subscription at pro football focus, get a subscription to a couple different fantasy websites and use a, a collection of all of those statistics and come up with your own unique number. Okay, but find a way to project these games. That's an assumption I'm making about you is you're finding a way to project these games. And by doing so, you're going to find a, a at the end of that process, you're going to have to have a number. That's what this whole thing is for. If you're going to handicap an NFL game, at the end of that process, you should say, okay, I think the, C- the Seahawks should be plus three against the Niners, whatever it is, okay? That's the whole point of all this. And by the way, if you do sign up for a a subscription at Pro Football Focus, they even help you build your own lines and make your own lines with this stuff, okay? So there is publicly available data and information to help anyone get to the point of what should this line be? And once you're at that line, you need to go to the market and compare lines. I'm assuming you all should be, you're all doing this because this is a Wednesday show. It's for a little bit more advanced betters. And that's the process of anyone who wants to win. You can't just pull up DraftKings at your lunch break at work and scroll and find what looks good and make a bet. It's, it has to be more than that if you're going to win over the long run. Now, maybe you've, you're saying, that's not true, Tyler. I've, I've been winning for the last year doing that or last two years doing that. That's fine. You're probably not making a whole lot of bets. And how much are you winning? I was at, at uh, my sister's, she had like a gender reveal thing recently. And this came up there. My uh, Her husband's brother, which I think would be my cousin-in-law or something. I don't even know what he'd be. But he was asking me wh- why he hasn't been banned yet. Because I told him, you know, I've been banned from a couple websites. And he goes, well, I'm a winning sports better. Why haven't I been banned yet? And I said, well, you know, what does that, how much have you made? What does that mean? He goes, I've turned 
a couple hundred bucks into $4,000 over the course of two years. I haven't deposited since. And although that's great, that's awesome, that's admirable, I want everyone out there to make money. The reality is $4,000 in two years is, is, is not a lot. <laughs> you know, there's people who are making careers, you know, paying themselves salaries by doing this. Two grand a year, you know, 160, 170 bucks a month isn't going to make that much of a difference to sports books. They're kicking out people who they think will beat them consistently over the long run. So anybody can win short term. It's fine. That, that's, I, I think you, that, that's something to be celebrated. It's not a bad thing, but just know it's probably not going to keep up unless you have somewhat of a sophisticated approach. And so again, you don't have to use math. You don't have to be a data scientist, but you do have to have some way of coming up with your number. Okay. That's an assumption I'm making. So once you have that number, I'm recommending everyone out there work with a 5% edge in terms of a barrier. Now here's what that looks like. That's a difference of a money line from minus 110. We all know minus 110, right? That's what you pay for the average uh, line, the average spread, whatever. Well, if you're just looking at the money line, okay, for a team to win the game at minus 110, and that's the listed price, each, each, each team minus 110 is looked at as being a pick right? A very even game. Well, you would have to have in your numbers, the team you want to bet on minus 135. That's a 5% difference from minus 110 to minus 135. That's 5%. So if you do your numbers and you say it should be minus 125 and the line's minus 110, unless you really, 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 really trust the accuracy of your numbers, I wouldn't make that bet. That's also the difference. So that's, that's the money line, right? Now let's talk spread. Let's talk NFL spread. If you have a game that's a pick em, each team pick them in the same example as our money line, right? The money line would likely be minus 110 for each team and the spread is pick em. You should have the team you're going to bet on at least minus two and a half. Okay, that's 5% difference. Minus two and a half to a pick em. If you have the team you want to bet on at minus one and a half and the line is pick em, I wouldn't make that bet. If you have the team you want to bet on at minus three and the line's pick em, I would make that bet. Now, here's the issue with that kind of thing. Inherently, you're going to be getting further and further away from what the truth or quote unquote truth is, okay? Because the NFL is such a tight, complex, sophisticated market that it's usually never off by two points, especially the closer we get to game day. So if your model or whatever you're using is telling you the line should be minus three and the line's a pick them, I'd say there's more of an issue with your model than the line being wrong so much to where you still have a good bet. Now, working in your margin of error, this is what I mean. You're rarely going to get bets like that. So you have to be a disciplined better because rarely are you going to get bets where the, the line is off by three points and you have the best of it given that difference. So with the NFL and NBA, these very, very tight, strong markets, if you have a model that's saying Denver's hosting the Lakers and you think the Denver Nuggets should be minus three and they're minus 10 in the market, you shouldn't go, oh, okay, we're going to bet the Lakers plus 10. That's a great bet. You should go, what the hell's wrong with my model, <laughs> right? Now, if every other game is right on with the, with the market, but that's different, that's a different story, okay? But in general, if you have a good approach, you like your approach, I think a 5% margin of error is very acceptable for anyone out there betting. And if you'd like to see what the margin of difference is for any of these bets for you or what the difference percentage-wise, go to aceodds.com, A-C-E-odds.com, and go to the odds converter. 
And there you can convert any decimal per or any American odds minus 110 plus 300 into a percentage. And so that's where you can get your 5% difference. If you have in your line minus 130 and that's the team you want to bet on, go type in minus 130, see what that is, and then see what 5% in the positive would be for your margin of error. If it's better than that, you can make the bet. And look, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you like I'm, I'm giving you all instructions about today or you know, allowing you to make bets. This is my advice. All, all I'm here to do is, is put on a podcast about how to help people who make bets for recreationally make smarter bets and make a little bit more money. That's all I'm here to do. Okay, If you want to say, screw you, Tyler, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, that's fine. Okay, It's your money, not mine. But if you want to make a little bit more money and you want to approach this a little bit more intelligently, these are the things you should be doing before you make any bet. And it's funny, you're saying this is a lot of work. I'm about to go through all this before I make a bet. Yes, that's what it takes to beat the market in the long term. It takes a lot of work, not just shopping DraftKings as if it's a menu at a restaurant, seeing what looks best. So, all right, that is it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Sports Betting Daily.